Today is Friday, May 2nd, 2014, and this is Radio Wave. Thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and uh, we're just coming off the last three days of the How-To Convention. And it's amazing how prophetic uh, these these events are whenever you allow your heart to be led by Our Lady. And so throughout the course of these three days, uh, much prayer, much uh, direction, much instruction, much wisdom has been imparted upon all of us who have been a part of it. And uh, we come back here the next day to hear, to receive a message from Our Lady, and uh, the connection that Our Lady makes to these last three days is is uh, something that is astounding. And so, a friend of Medjugorje is going to be speaking with us about this tonight. And so, as we begin this broadcast, we ask you to open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. Indeed, it is exciting to see Our Lady's message after three days of going into the messages and see so much of what we covered in the ground of those three days is in this message. It's as if she wrote a whole outline of what we just went through. That's always exciting to see that when you pray and you're in prayer and you be prayer, you're in tune with the Holy Spirit and your circumstances, the physical things around you, the sensitivity of seeing and hearing things that you see. Our Lady today said, in measurable purity, What does she mean by that? We don't have the capacity to accept that at the point where we are, that we would have the capacity a year from now to have. You're growing in capacity with the message. Every message our lady gives increases your capacity for God to fill that with something else, which the month before you couldn't. But our lady has given to us step by step Recalling the message, great are his works. Do not deceive yourself that you can do things without God. Don't even take a step without him. And that's what each message is, is a step. A step to help you grow, a step to help you mature, a step to help you see what you couldn't see the month before. And that all comes from capacity being increased. So what God wanted to tell you last year that he couldn't, and you see suddenly in the message that you can this year, is not because you didn't see it. You didn't have the capacity to see it. You were totally blind to it. You could have read it, but you never grasped it. And suddenly, wow, I never saw this in the message. 
you can almost think they have ever read this message before because it speaks to you so strongly in another way that it spoke to you before. This is a secret of the messages. This is a secret of the message. This is a secret that very few people know about. Very few people understand it. It's what we've been propagating since the beginning, since the 80s. Look at the message because nobody looked at the message in the beginning. You might think, oh, is that exaggeration? I'm telling you, nobody was into the message. They were in the beginning. And after a lady kept giving the thirsty message, they started saying it's repetitious. I heard it from the pulpit in Medjugorje repeatedly. Or he's just saying the same old thing. Our Lady is just repeating the scriptures. The real message of Our Lady is she's calling us to love the church. The real message of Our Lady is that we we're to pray fast, do penance. Those were basic messages of which all other messages come from. And the people didn't see that these messages were profound. They were being given as nothing has ever happened in the world before, since its very beginning. Because they were not open in themselves, and our lady in today's message is open. She wants us to be open. What to increase our capacity? That you have an immeasurable purity of hers, that you will imitate that. And so we have people that don't understand our lady, even today that's been with the Medjugorje for years and years and years, even decades. Because they haven't increased their capacity because they're not open to it. They're just straight-lined. I go to Mass. I go to Communion. I'm the church. I'm in line with the church. Many people won't open themselves to Medjugorje. And they don't have the capacity to see Medjugorje because of that. And that's including people that have been walking with Our Lady. They still don't understand her, who she is, why she's coming. And they, they don't understand that she knows them better than a mother. Who knows them rather better than a mother except her? Our Lady of Medjugorje's May 2nd, 2014th message given to Mariana on the Day of Nonbelievers. Dear children, I, your mother, am with you for the sake of your well-being, for the sake of your needs, and for the sake of your personal cognition. The Heavenly Father gave you the freedom to decide on your own and to become cognizant on your own. I desire to help you. I desire to be a mother to you, a teacher of the truth, so that in the simplicity of an open heart, you may become cognizant of the immeasurable purity and of the light which comes from it and shatters darkness. The light which brings hope. I, my children, understand your pain and suffering. Who could understand you better than a mother? And you, my children? Small is the number of those who understand and follow me. Great is the number of those who are lost, of those who have not yet become cognizant of the truth in my Son. Therefore, my apostles, pray and act. Bring the light and do not lose hope. I am with you. In a special way, I am with your shepherds. With a motherly heart, I love and protect them because they lead you to heaven that was promised to you by my son. Thank you. It's incredible. She says, small is the numbers of those who understand and follow me. Millions and millions of people have gone to Medjugorje. 
Yet she says, years ago, there'll be many who will cool off. We did one show with ABC 2020. It's the highest rated show to the record at that point in the end of the 80s. 30 million people watched it. The phone operators across the nation learned one of the Pilgrim's phone number here in Birmingham, Alabama, because they were so moved by what happened to him. They literally caught on a scene an encounter with God with him. And he was wailing out in the field on his knees, crying. And so many people were calling to get his phone number to talk to him. They had it memorized. The impact was incredible across the nation. Where are those 30 million? Where are the people who cool off? How many people stay? Our lady says, great is the number who are lost. Does that mean just lost to perdition? She says, of those who have not yet become cognizant of the truth of my son, she's been heard through the media and different sources. Life magazine. Martin Sheen, the documentary we did, one of the best documentaries ever done on Medjugorje. And yet, so few are still there. They're lost. So don't think that's just talking about non-believers who never come to hear about it or know about it. It's people who have been involved in Medjugorje that have wandered away from it. Sometimes we run across people that, that know what we do Medjugorje and what our life's about and say, oh, it's still going on? How in the world can we do that? Small is the number of those who understand and follow me. If you understood every day that a comes to the world, every day <coughs> he's calling us to grace, that we could have bowed out of this, like many people, gracefully, because she's not going to say you can't do it, but for your sake and well-being, I want you to understand the grace is coming. Don't, don't gracefully bow away from it. Gracefully be on your great gracefully and gratefully be on your knees and honor my presence on the earth. Not because of me, but because God has sending me. How is it that every day you're being saved by our lady and you don't recognize that? And I'm speaking to those of you in the Medjugorje world. How is it that you still have competing? How is it that you're not using all your wealth and all your means and your necessity of your wealth? to work for Our Lady's plans. I tell you, we have projects in this mission stopped, dead coal in the tracks right now because we're underfunded for the demand that's been put on us. We're producing more than we ever have, but we cannot meet those people and the demands placed on us for what they need at this moment. And if you read some of the letters coming in here that you saved my life, I would be dead right now. Not spiritually, physically. Or you saved my marriage. You did this. We didn't do it. God did it. God's grace did it through Miss Mary's messages. And we need to propagate those. Are you doing everything when Our Lady's saving the world every single day? Her presence keeps the world spinning. It keeps things going. It keeps the way of life as we know it continuing so that you might be ready for the new way of life that's coming because this way of life is over. There is a judgment against it. It will end soon. Do you grasp that? Small is the number of those who understand and follow me. And I'm telling you, she's talking to people who have known her, who did follow the message, 
who are following the message every day thinking they're following her, but they don't understand her. Because they won't, they're not willing to go beyond their limit. I'm not going to give up the television. You say, well, I don't have to do that. She said, renounce the television and various things of no value. What does that mean? What does those words mean? What does the exorcist do? He tells the person, the victim of the devil, whether they collaborated with it or was by no fault of their own, renounce Satan. Every time you get a temptation, you are to renounce the devil. Every evil, you are to renounce. Renounce television and why she wears and why she put as a supreme thing to renounce what's corrupted the whole world and cross civilizations and traditions and people and the religions and everything they do. Television, I'll start it with it. Renounce television and various things that have no value. So there's other things that she wants you to renounce, and she connotates those things have no value. Renounce television is the first thing of no value. Oh, well, I can watch religious programming. Religious programming cannot compete with evil. It will never do for good what it does for evil. It's easier to pull somebody down a hill than to pull them up a hill. You say, oh, what television introduced me to Medjugorje? Maybe it did. But it can't compete. It will not do anything on the level what it does for evil. We would be better off without it. And we're TV free. We've led tens of thousands of people away from TV. Read I See Far. You want to challenge me? You want to accept that? You, I challenge you to download free on our site, I See Far, and read everything LA has said about it. And you still don't accept it? Small is a number. And if you're not with it, you're not in that small number. Of those who understand and follow me, they've yet to understand that she's come here every day to save my life and your life. You could have bowed out gracefully, but you didn't. You knew enough to know to leave and well enough alone, but you wouldn't. I drive myself crazy trying to stay out of my own way. The messes that I make, but my secrets are so safe. The only one who gets me, yeah, you get me. It's amazing to me how every day, every day, every day, you save my life. Mm -hmm. I come around all broken down and crowded out. Sometimes the place I go is so deep and dark and desperate I don't know, I don't know How every day, every day, every day you say 
Lady in today's message, starting from the top here, Our Lady said, "This I'm with you for the sake of your well-being, the sake of your needs, the sake of your personal cognition. We know there's many varying opinions about why Our Lady has come. She's pretty well answered that question, or she's pretty well uh, laid aside any opinions about the reason why she's with us. She basically lays that out today. And while I'm not plugging They Fired the First Shot 2012, I am because Our Lady just did in today's message about well-being, needs, personal cognition. This is what is um, the topic of They Fired the First Shot. This is what we've been speaking about the last three days. And so my question is, uh, when Our Lady says well-being, needs, and cognition, uh, is she only speaking about spiritual things or physical things as well? In answer to the question, Our Lady, you come from They Fired the First Shot. I go back to Our Lady. Just this past Friday night. Today's Friday. But go back one week ago on the mountain. And Yvonne has the apparition. And Our Lady tells us in this apparition. Through this upcoming time in a special way, I call you to pray for peace. She goes on to say about this time, pray through this time. What, what does that mean? What does it mean this upcoming time? What does it mean to pray for peace in this time? She goes on and tells us. There is much lack of peace in the world. So much lack of peace in man's hearts. She wants this peace with this peace that we pray for to come into the world. She'll pray with us and intercede for us. That's profound that she says that. And then on this message of May 2nd, she's saying something else in regard and incomparable to that. For your sake and your needs and your personal recognition and your, for your well-being. So this is connected to this apparition Friday night. What's coming in our future? What's going to happen? This message today is very important. Very profound. Dear children, I, she gives a personal emphasis on herself in making a proclamation. My proclamation, she says, is as a mother. So I, the personage of a queen, with the authority of the queen, who she is, 
wants to know that she's coming from an angle that queens give birth. And with my authority as queen of peace, I'm not addressing you that way. I'm addressing you as the queen speaking with that authority in a motherly way. I'm coming from that angle. I am with you for the sake of your well-being. I want to protect you for the sake of your needs. You're going to need needs that aren't going to be met. The economy crashes. You can't meet those needs. I don't care how much money you have, how well off you are, is not going to work. We just talked about that, I think, on the 25th or the last Medjinomic show. It was about the Blue Bloods. They thought their money was going to take care of them. They thought everything was great. And so the Blue Bloods plague came and killed everybody. They didn't have silver spoons that made them the blue, bugs, blue, blue, the blue bloods. The peasants died off. Who were they going to pay to work in the fields? Themselves? What did they do with the money? Money, money became not the object of value. Their labor did toil in the soil. So they go from their fine tables, which the peasants filled with food, to leaving those tables to scratch out their food out of the ground themselves. Incredible thing. Don't think the rich are where the well off. And I don't speak to any animosity. It's good to have rich people. Wealth is good. The love of wealth is wrong. So I'm not in with that other camp or distribution of wealth. Jesus says, you will always have poor people. So just accept it. Jesus was poor. He didn't go around saying, I'm a victim. I'm a victim. Can somebody help me? This is not the way it works. It's not biblically Christian principled. A lot of the socialist justice we have is just such. It's become socialism. And yet our lady knows our needs aren't going to be met. She says, I'm here for your well-being, for the sake of your needs, and for the sake of your personal cognition. She wants you to have personal experiences that you can help others with. The Heavenly Father gave you the freedom to decide for your own and to become cognizant of on your own. You are free to choose or not to choose. You're free to believe or not to believe. You're free to sit there and reject them, lady, to your own detriment. But it's going to cost you. There's going to be a price to pay, and it will be bitter, and you will be in lamentations because she said you would. You will lament for our messages. August 25th, 1997. Exact words. And she didn't say way off in the century. She says, soon will come a time when you will lament for my messages. It's upon us. She's telling us Friday night in a special way, in this upcoming time, and pray. And then when you go through this time, you start experiencing these things. Pray through this time. It's the only way. Pray to the king of peace. She wants us to be happy. She says, I desire to help you. I desire, this is today, not Friday. I desire to help you. I desire to be a mother to you, a teacher of truth. If there's anything lacking everywhere, even from the pulpits in the church, not the church of Christ. I don't mean a denomination. I mean, I mean Christian denominations. There's such a lack of truth. 29% of Christians believe it's not okay to divorce. That means there's there's seventy one percent that believes divorce is okay. That's not truth. It's not even near the truth. We've forgotten the truth. And how's the answer? So that in simplicity, 
of an open heart, you may become cognizant of the measure of purity of the light that which comes to shatter the darkness. Purity shatters darkness. She wants you to understand that. It's the sword. Germs can't live in fire. It's purified. And the angel of the Lord came in the third secret of Fatima, pointed his sword to the, the earth. Fire rained down from it. And upon contact with the splendor of Our Lady, the secret says, she saved the world. We're in that moment. Great is the moment. Great is the time. And we have everybody going around the world, doing their own thing, doing what they think they should be doing or shouldn't be doing. And our lady comes and tells us what you could have done, but you didn't want to. What will happen? You're going to be judged for it. She said today, I am with you. Who could understand you better than a mother? And none other than most better than anyone else that needs of the child. All these things come up with Our Lady. Our Lady led John himself to help with cognition at the foot of the cross. She was there active with him at that moment. And so we have our continued driving the faster than what the sun even rises in the morning. We're always on the run. But everybody needs something. And that's somebody. And we've got a somebody. That's Our Lady. And once we understand that, we have not just somebody coming to us, not just a counselor, but really the Queen of Heaven as Mother, mothering us. Then we realize it's not the same old yesterday. And we can make promises to ourselves to not be in the small, to be in the small number, not be in the large number that's lost. This takes cognition and truth. So here you are now, nowhere to turn. It's just the same old yesterday. And you made a promise to yourself that you were never gonna be this way. And the only thing that you've ever known is to run So you keep on driving faster into the sun But everybody needs somebody sometimes Everybody needs somebody sometimes You don't have to find your own way out You've got a voice, let it be heard Just when it feels you're on a dead end Always somewhere left to turn So don't give up now You're so close to a brand new day 
know to do Everybody needs somebody Sometimes Everybody needs somebody Sometimes Just a little bit of Everybody needs somebody Off of this, uh, these last three days, you know, one of the, the things that come up often in, in our uh, They Fire the First Shot retreats is this whole lie about democracy versus republic that the media and all those who are, would like to see the United States lose the foundation, the Christian foundation upon which it was built push this whole idea of democracy or put the word out so that it would influence those who hear it, that this is what we are. And democracy, of course, is the worst kind of government to have because it is mob rule. And there's a little decision to make informed decisions. People aren't cognizant of what's really happening. And in their freedom, they really do not decide on their own. And they aren't cognizant on their own. In Republic, it's different. And in community, it's different. In our community, we're individuals. And yet, we're united in following a way. I'd like you to to comment about that and how you see the individual empowered in a community and which is opposite of what you see in in a democracy and how it is ruled well you can only answer that to show you how how off base we are and we talked about this during the convention about democracy is the worst form of government there is because in a democracy, you can vote for murder, murder, just like we have abortion. Actually, in a democracy, you can literally vote that you want to kill Jews, and that can happen. You can vote for anything you want to when it's a democracy. A moral republic, you cannot do that because you're binded by law. You're, you're binded by the moral law, which is all tied to the Ten Commandments and the Scriptures. In a moral republic. So... The first thing the devil has pulled over us in deception of truth, and he says, I come to teach you truth. People keep saying this. Even the conservative people refer to this country as a democracy. It is not a democracy. The forefather says it's the worst form of government there is, even worse than what Russia had with communism. You say, how is that? Because all democracies end in bloodshed and propagate that. And so you can rule in it. I was very strong, and they fired the first shot. And then also, and they um, look what happened while I was sleeping. We've always shown this before anybody would say it. There was, and there's been uh, people that would be in 
in the camp of understanding the republic that say democracy. Ronald Reagan did it. Many, many people have done it because the professors, the universities, the revisions have been very, very successful of making people think of this as a democracy. It is not. Carte Blanche. And I've ever had one professor wrote to me and says, you can't say that. No, you can't say that this is a democracy. It's for the republic of which we stand. Our forefathers understood it. They put this out about how much they hated democracy. Don't ever look at it this way. And so we, I just looked up as you was asking the question. <clears throat> and they fired the first shot, what I wrote in that. To make yourself a promise. Because a lady is a seeker of truth. She's a teacher of truth. She wants you to be seeking truth. She says, I desire to be a mother to you, a teacher of truth. So you open your heart to be truth. The purity of truth. Purity may not be just what you're thinking. Purity, when she says that, the purity of truth, the purity of your witness, she seeks in everything. Purity of intentions. But then they find the first shot. It's written, you as an individual must engage and fight against the war of verbicide because this is what this is about. The changing the meaning of words to change the meaning of a nation, to change the meaning of your roots, of where you come from and who you are. Make a battle promise right now and say, I will never say again that the nation of the United States of America is a democracy. Secondly, I will never refer to it as a democracy. Thirdly, I, when hearing others say, are referred to the United States of America as a democracy, will correct them and not remain silent. And I want to interrupt that. Why? Because the, the title of this chapter is called The War of Verbicide. We are at war against us, and we're not even shooting back. We just accept it. Don't let nobody say democracy any more than you would let somebody say the most vile curse words in front of your four-year-old child. You're going to let them say that? This is that way. The use of democracy in this way is by people who hate this nation, have intentions to change this nation, and it's demonic. Because the United States of America coming down, the rest of the world is the devil's. He knows this nation has to be brought down. So you who listen to us from foreign lands... You pray, just like political prisoners. They said they have two homelands. One, their motherland they live in, and number two, the United States of America. Because it's the bastion of hope, the vision of freedom, the vision of liberty. Why? Because Jesus is the liberator. He is liberty. And the laws of this nation is founding is based on Christian principles, like no other nation in history. So to continue that, you will correct them and not remain silent but rather will courageously address even those who are teachers, lawyers, or any other who may be difficult to, to do so. Confront them. Don't be in a conversation at a party. Don't be at church listening to something. Don't hear it from the pulpit. Go to the priest after and say, Father, I'd like to educate you about something. I'll send you some information. Let's discuss this. You're going to be respectful, but don't let it rest. And if there's an argument that ensues from it, put it down. The next one, I will not remain silent when I hear others saying that we are to spread democracy to other nations. Instead, the next one, instead I will respond instead rather 
No, you and I are to spread liberty, and liberty is the fruit of Christianity, and the tree of Christianity is the seed of the cross. I therefore will spread by my witness Jesus Christ, who is the author of liberty, and who through liberty will bring about the fruit of peace. And lastly, I will learn more about my moral republic and those who want to destroy it, because the real aim is not the United States of America. The real aim is Christianity. That's the real key. Destroy it. Everything, all the laws, all the regulations, all the Clean Water Acts, all these things will be used in the end against Christians. They don't like you. you got a mud puddle in there that you're polluting with. When in fact, they know you're a Christian and they use that to persecute you. Everything in the end will work. All these laws, all these regulations coming up is for the single purpose when the devil gets evil-minded people that they can't stop you on for one thing or free speech, they'll get you on regulations and throw you in jail. It is coming. In fact, the word Our Lady uses through this upcoming. Upcoming what? She says time. And what does she say? In a special way, you're going to have to pray through this time. And so Our Lady says something today, it really is as much for the future as it is today, when she says, immeasurable purity and the light which comes from it and shatters darkness, the light, the light which brings hope. My children, I understand your pain and suffering. Pain and suffering, this statement here, you might think you're suffering. You might think, oh, this is severe pain. This message is really for a lot of people coming of, of going through the time that's upcoming, and they'll need to be praying through. And you'll read that message fresh anew with new capacity of the suffering and say, whoa, you know, I have hope. I don't know, I understand my pain at this moment, my suffering. I rejected her before, but now she understands. And she goes on and says with that, with your pain and suffering, who could understand you better than a mother and who, and you, my children, smaller numbers than those who understand and follow me. Great is the number who are lost. Therefore, my apostles, pray and act. It's beautiful. She didn't say pray and just go to church and go about your way. You are to act. They find the church, they find the first as an action book. There's people that left here last night that are going home. And these are mighty strong seeds. Their capacity was increased over those three days more than what they came for. Some have been to three, three conf, con, uh, conventions. And ask them to raise their hands. You've been here for all three. You heard some of the same things, right? Yes. And yet, some people said, well, they've already been here. So they didn't come. But those who raised their hands, all of them agreed that they learned more. Even though some of the things they heard last night and the last past three days, they've heard it before. But it's different this time because their capacity, their capacity has increased. With their increased capacity, they understood things in a different light. They're more mature. There's things they didn't understand. If you go in first grade, teach them ge uh, geometry. They hear it, but they don't grasp it. The first convention, they heard things. They didn't grasp everything. By the third one, they're in sixth grade or eighth grade and start learning geometry, and they grasp it because capacity is increased. Nobody was sorry that they came. Nobody left with that increased capacity. Not everybody understood everything, but they understood more than what they did the previous one. And for those who came for the first time, won't grasp everything. 
You got to mature in this. You got to have a revival. You got to get soaking wet in faith. You got to understand all these things. Once you understand that, once you see it, you can see that we can't sing hallelujah because we have a little revival every day happening. And that's all got to be deep within our soul and it's got to be through love. Look at that boy in the river Soaking wet with faith Look at that girl on the courthouse steps Saying things gotta change There's that woman on the corner Handing out coffee in the work She's listening to those working girls The ones that never get hurt
Evans. Sarah Evans, who sings this song, is a neighbor down the road from here. And she talks about things so much about how many follow Our Lady. Who really understands how pressed she is. And how she feels to get our hearts close to hers. Our Lady said, you'll understand when you get to heaven why I'm so pressed. And in other words, right now, you just do what I'm telling you. Listen to me. I'm not here just to cheerlead you. This is not a game. This is not a joke. Revival is God's supernatural grace given to the cold church. Because it's that way. It needs to awaken. It needs to awaken back to purity. It needs to be led to repentance. And it needs to be able to be read such repentance and such purity that it reaches unbelievers, just like the early church did to the pagans. They came to them in droves. They came to watch the Christians being killed in the Colosseums. They often left the Colosseums great as the God of the Christians because the lions wouldn't even eat the Christians. They had to, have to go through three ways to kill the Christians before they could kill them. And even at the death, they left chanting, great as the God of the Christians. Hey, I want to know more about that. Everybody wants to be in a position of something that has a touch of romanticism, of glory. And they saw these people going to the death in glory. And people started saying, I, I, I want to I believe in something. People want belief. They want to have belief. They don't want to be in unbelief. But there's somebody walking around, they don't have, uh, don't have belief because they're, they're broken. They don't have the ability to believe in their parents and in the mother and the father of the war zone they lived in. They're crippled, they're handicapped. I just come to cure that. If there's ever a time we need a revival, this time we're in is it. We've got to revive the church. We've got to bring it back to a new springtime. We had the privilege of meeting a, a beautiful Christian man at our conference, and he's actually Mormon, and he's blind, has, was blind since birth. But there's such light that comes from him and such light that he sees beyond what we see with our eyes. It was really startling. And everyone in the whole convention, I would say, was touched by him. And there was this purity and childlike spirit that came from him, but he was married with a father of eight children, a lot of life experiences, Obviously, a lot of pain and suffering that he has endured in his life. But this, uh, these words of Our Lady, that just struck me because he is a man that lives darkness in, in reality, in, in his senses, but so much light in his spirit. And Our Lady doesn't speak too much about purity in her messages, but this, this is what she links to light and that this light that comes from purity shatters darkness. So how, how do you perceive that as the power of purity being able to shatter darkness? Well, it's what I did in her life. It's what Jesus did in his intentions of walking Via Della Rosa. He, he wouldn't even take a drink. He wanted the purity of his sacrifice to be there and not dull any of the pain that he had to go through. Poor man God talks about Jesus asked Lazarus, what did it feel like to die? That might be a strange question, but remember, he was a man and he was God. And he wanted to know from a man to another man who was going to die what that felt like. 
And so it shows you even knowledge and knowing this, and even as God, that the experience is something that the curiosity on the human level still is wanted and still needed. But purity is everything. Because when we say purity, we might be thinking just about being chaste or that, but we have to be purity in, in our words. We have to be pure in our charity. We have to have purity in, in our work. Are we just working for a wage? We're working because God gave me work and work is holy. How do you view that? Do you have, a, do you have an attitude of purity? Your attitude should have purity with it. And that's what the world needs is purity. It's an impure world on everywhere you turn around and everything you do. Very few intentions have purity of intentions. That's one of the main things we need to clean up. See, we might deceive ourselves and just fall in out with, she's just talking about lust or she's just talking about things that aren't pure in the sense of sensuality or something like that. This goes way beyond that. It's immeasurable that the earth is to be filled with purity. Just think of Garden of Eden. Actually, I was thinking about this before the message. I was looking outside because um, I had a broken rosary. I usually just take those rosaries and throw them out on my front porch down the whole bank in, in, the, in the woods. Because, and I, I, I literally thought about this. I had not read the message this morning. That whole hillside's full of metals and stuff. Leaves covered up. I like those bus objects being there. But I, I thought to myself, why do I do that? I actually thought because nature doesn't sin. I thought about the old communion. When communion dropped, they clean it up how they used to do. They take it over to the door inside of the, the church right there on the altar. And that went straight down to the ground. There's no sin in the nature because it's totally obedient to God. The purity of that, and that's what I was thinking. It just connected to me now because I forgot this thought that this happened this morning. Here it is. God's got me doing, Our Lady, an action of purity and thinking about purity before I read the message, before it was daybreak. And so nature is pure. That's why when you go out in nature, you feel better. You feel the purity of nature, the cleanness. You know, now we're not people making it God in itself, but it's of God, and that's who you worship, not nature. Who, who, does it, who does it come forth from? And so we see all these things happening, and we have troubles in the field. These troubles are something that come to us, and we. this message today is a troubling message. And we have to really think about trouble and not go toward that, not get caught up in it. Don't don't trouble trouble until trouble troubles you. In other words, stay away from it. And yet, this message has some troubling aspects about it. About after thirty after thirty three years, we still have such a small number. But Jesus left with only twelve as far as apostles and some of his disciples, and many of them abandoned him in his death. And even the apostles, just a small number at the cross, so they said. And so we need healing. And what's our response to trouble? How should it be? If we have crops with work, we have sweat and tears. God promised that in the scriptures. By the toil, by the sweat of your brow, sure you you toil the soil. Harvest time, all these things that come, these hardships are serve purpose for holiness, for purification, for purity. Because when you're humble, you're more pure. Yet the dust bowl came in the 29s, that was a punishment. 
And so we plow with sweat and tears. We may be going back to that. We won't be so mechanical. We don't know what kind of life is coming, but we know one thing. We'll be go- we're going to be closer to the soil because it's where you feel closest to God when your knees are in the dirt. Our lady is with us for this pain and suffering that comes. And she'll help us work all these things out. Baby, I know that we got trouble in the fields When the bankers warm like locusts out there Turning away our yield The trains roll by our silo silver in the rain They leave our pockets full of nothing But our dreams in the golden grain Have you seen the folks in the Buying their tickets out And they're talking a great depression Our parents had their hard times Fifty years ago When they stood out in these empty fields And dust as deep as snow As always, we wish you Our Lady, we love you, good night.